Hello, everybody, and welcome to week two of NFL Insights. Brennan rang up a rather pedestrian 8-7 and seven record last week. Uh, he hopes to do better this week, and we'll get right to it with the Patriots at the Jets. They're both 0-1. Brennan, break it down. So both of these teams selected two rookie quarterbacks with their two quarterbacks with their first-round picks. The Jets picked Zach Wilson, second overall, and the Patriots picked Mac Jones, 15th overall. And both of them had kind of opposite games. Zach Wilson really struggled in his first game, while Mac Jones looked really good against the against a good Dolphins defense week one. So I, I would like to call this game the Zach-Mac Bowl because they, they rhyme. I think it's catchy, and... Uh, They'll be playing each other twice a year, every year, for the foreseeable future. But I think I'm going to go with the Patriots here. The Jets are going to be without Mekhi Becton for a while after suffering an injury. And, and Bill Belichick has just been a master at defeating rookie quarterbacks throughout his career. Almost none of them have been able to beat Bill Belichick's defenses as a rookie. So, And the Patriots have won 10 straight versus the Jets, which is crazy. So I think they make it 11 tomorrow. Okay, let's head down to Jacksonville, where the 1-0 Broncos will be taking on the 0-1 Jaguars. These two teams had different games last week with different outcomes. The Broncos looked pretty impressive in their win over the Giants, with new Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater distributing the ball well to the Broncos' talented playmakers, while the defense lived up to the hype, limiting the Giants' offense from doing pretty much anything, while the Jaguars had a bit of a different game uh, Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, threw three touchdowns, but also three interceptions while they lost. And I guess it was to be expected because he was a rookie quarterback. And also the new Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, had no NFL experience before. He was an all-college coach. He had no NFL experience before. So uh, I think the rough times are going to continue tomorrow and most likely for the rest of the season. The Broncos are a lot more talented than... The Texans are. That's who the Jaguars lost to. And I think uh, Trevor Lawrence will struggle against an even better defense. So I think the Broncos will win two in a row on the road. All right, let's go to a divisional game where we have the 0-1 Bills heading down to Miami to take on Tua and the 1-0 Dolphins. So the Bills lost last week, which was a bit of a shocker to the Steelers, while the Dolphins just barely beat their divisional rival Patriots by one point. The Dolphins were hoping to get free agent wide receiver Will Fuller for this game, but he is dealing with a personal issue that will make him miss this game, and it's unknown how long he will, how much time he will miss. So I hope everything's okay over there. I'm going to go with the Bills here because the Dolphins scored 17 points in their win over the Patriots, which was good enough to get the win, but against Josh Allen and the Bills playmakers, I'm not sure that's going to be enough. I think the Bills are going to be motivated to get their first win of the season, and I think Josh Allen will out-duel Tua Tungavailoa on the road, so I think the Bills will win this game. I can't imagine them losing two in a row. Let's go down to Philly, where the Niners come into town to take on the Eagles, both of these teams coming in at 1-0. This is one of the three matchups this week to feature two 1-0 teams going at each other. The 49ers, the final score doesn't indicate it, but the 49ers pretty much demolished the Lions. They scored 31 points in the first quarter before 
easing up a little. And the final score was 41 to 33. The 49ers pretty much uh, took their foot off the gas and just let the Lions come back because, because they knew they wouldn't be able to come back all the way. And while the Eagles had a pretty impressive win over the Falcons with the offense scoring 32 points and the defense limiting the Falcons offense to only six points. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers here because I know the Eagles defensive line pushed the Falcons offensive line around, but I think the 49ers have a way better offensive line with, with way better talent and way better coaching. And I think the 49ers defense will give the Eagles a way tougher time than the Falcons did. So I think I'm going to roll with the 49ers here, but I think it will be a close one. Okay, let's head down to Indianapolis, where the 1-0 Rams will be taking on the 0-1 Colts. Carson Wentz looked okay in his first game with the Colts. Not being, He wasn't able to do much against uh, average Seahawks defense, while Matthew Stafford, in his, in his first game with the Rams, did really good against a uh, Bears defense that people were saying would be one of the best in the league this year. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Rams here because the Colts struggled in there game against the Seahawks, and uh, the Rams have a lot better defense than the Seahawks do, and I think Matthew Stafford will have another great passing day, even though the Colts have an equally talented defense as the Bears. All right, ripping them off. Here we go to the 1-0 Raiders at the 1-0 Steelers. The Steelers got what I thought was one of the most surprising wins of Week 1 when they beat the Bills on the road, something no one really thought they would be able to do, while the Raiders had a thrilling overtime win against the Ravens on Monday Night Football in, in their grand opening to fans of Allegiant Stadium. I think I'm going to go with the Steelers here because I saw the Raiders' injury report, and it is not good. Uh, star running back Josh Jacobs will miss this game. Starting guard Richie Incognito is out of this game. Linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski is out of this game, and backup quarterback Marcus Mariota, who the Raiders like to use as a Taysom Hill type of quarterback, is also out of this game. This is the Steelers' home opener, and I expect the Steelers should be able to take care of business against this injured Raiders team. I think running back Najee Harris will have a breakout game and most and, and potentially score his first NFL touchdown. Let's go to Soldier Field, where the 1-0 Bengals roll in to take on the 0-1 Bears. Andy Dalton revenge game? Sure looks to be that way. I know he played the Bengals when he was a member of the Cowboys last year and was able to win that game, but I'm not so sure here, though. The Bears looked bad on both sides of the ball. The defense giving up 34 points, while the offense was able to move the ball mostly okay, but they couldn't score when it when it mattered they failed on a lot of fourth down opportunities the Bengals somehow were able to beat the Vikings in what was one of the biggest upsets of the week and I know they'll be on the road against a talented Bears defense I know it didn't show up on, on I know it didn't show up last week but I think I'm going to take the Bengals again here if the defense was able to limit the Vikings offense to well the, the Vikings scored 24 points but the Bengals' defense was able to stop them when it mattered, and I think the Bears, under Andy Dalton anyway, will not be able to score as many points as the Vikings did. So I think the Bengals' defense will have a good day, and I think Joe Burrow will have a pretty good a pretty good passing day. And I think Jamar Chase should should continue to 
to do well. So I think the Bengals win, but it will be a close one. But I won't be surprised if the Bears win, though. All right, let's go to Cleveland, where the, I can't believe I'm saying this, the 1-0 Texans are at the Browns, who are 0-1. Yes, I was shocked to see the Texans win their first game, even though I admit I potentially saw it coming because they were playing a rookie quarterback in, in Trevor Lawrence, who had never played an NFL game before. It was his first NFL game, and Urban Meyer, who had no coaching experience at the NFL level before. So I expected them to potentially beat them, the Jaguars, and they did. Meanwhile, the Browns lost to the Chiefs in Arrowhead last week, but it was a very close game. These aren't your same old Browns, even though things kind of fell apart at the end, I'm sure. They'll look at the tape from the loss and see what went wrong, and I'm sure it'll motivate them if they meet the Chiefs again, which I think they might because I think the Browns are that good on paper with their with their roster. Um, I think the Texans are going to learn that they that things aren't going to be as easy as they were last week. You're not going to be able to play rookie quarterbacks and coaches with no NFL experience every week. The Browns are at home, and even though they'll they won't be with even though they won't have Odell Beckham Jr. playing this game, I think the Browns should do should do pretty good on offense that they still have a lot of pieces there and I think the Browns will be able to win this one perhaps convincingly all right let's go to a battle of unbeatens where the 1-0 Saints will be rolling into Carolina to take on the Panthers who are also 1-0 this might be the most trickiest game of the week to predict the Saints dominated the Packers a game in a game which no one saw that happening. Jameis Winston threw for five touchdowns and no turnovers, which was very rare, given about how we know his, about how we know about his struggles with turnovers as he threw 30 interceptions when he was with the Buccaneers in 2019. The Panthers beat the Jets on Sunday, 19 to 14, not as convincing as it maybe should have been, but Sam Darnold played well against his former team. Uh, The Saints have a bit of complications with this game, they will be without seven coaches for this game as they all tested positive for coronavirus. And they also placed two defensive players, defensive end Marcus Davenport and linebacker linebacker Quan Alexander on IR. So they'll be out a minimum of three weeks. Winston has also against Winston has thrown more interceptions to the Panthers than any other team. And I think this will be a very hard-fought game, but I'm going to give the advantage to the Panthers because they're the home team. Although I will note that the Saints have won four straight against the Panthers. So this really could go either way. Like I said, it's the most difficult game to predict this week, in my opinion. But you're going with the, the Panthers. The Panthers, yes. All right, let's go to 4 o'clock, uh, where we have your 0-1 Vikings heading into Arizona to take on the 1-0 Cardinals. And the Cardinals really looked good last week. They sure did. I was going to pick them last week, but then I went with the Titans at the last second, which I deeply regretted because I was picking the Cardinals to win pretty much ever since the week one matchups happened. Um, They were dominant on both sides of the ball. They won 38-13. Kyler Murray looked great, and the defense shut down Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and newly acquired wide receiver Julio Jones, holding them to 13 points, and defensive end Chandler Jones had... Chandler Jones had five sacks and two forced fumbles. The Vikings, I was very excited to watch them last week, and they let me down greatly. They lost to the Bengals, and no one saw that coming. 
The offensive line was absolutely horrible. They had to have had over 100 penalty yards, and they were penalized like 12 times, which was insane. It was false start hold, false start hold, false start hold. It happened like all the time, and it was very infuriating because because promising drives would be derailed by penalties. This defense was pretty hyped up, and they were able weren't able to stop Joe Burrow at all. And this was his first game coming back from a brutal knee injury. And the Vikings had a chance to win at the very end, but Dalvin Cook fumbled in overtime, even though I'm not really sure that he did. And they lost, and my optimism for the season quickly went south because they'll be playing a very talented teams, a lot more talented than the Bengals. They'll be playing teams like the Cardinals this week, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Packers, etc., uh, I'm not really comp- I'm not really confident in the Vikings anymore. So I this this season anyway, I don't think they're going to accomplish much. And I think the Cardinals are going to have another dominant win. I think Kyler Murray will have a great day against this Vikings defense and the the pass rushing tandem of Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt should absolutely destroy this Vikings offensive line. Vikings have some injury concerns on defense too, no? Yes, they'll be without Anthony Barr and Everson Griffin, two key defensive players as well. They will also not have first-round pick Christian Darasaw, who was who is a left tackle. They were really hoping to have him available, but it's going to have to wait a little longer, unfortunately. Okay, I think this one might have lock of the week written on it, if I know you. We have the 0-1 Falcons going into Tampa to take the 1-0 Buccaneers. Yes, this is my lock of the week. The Falcons looked really bad on both sides of the ball last week. The offense only scored six points while the defense gave up 32 points to the Eagles while the Buccaneers looked really impressive in their win over the Cowboys a week ago. Tom Brady looked as good as ever at 44 years old, throwing for four touchdowns and two interceptions, although the two interceptions weren't really his fault. One of them was a a pass that went off of Leonard Fournette's hands, and the other one was on a Hail Mary, so it really didn't didn't amount to anything. The offense looked great, although the defense performed a little questionable, giving up 29 points, particularly in the secondary was where their problems were. And the pass rush wasn't all that great, but the Falcons' offensive line is a lot worse than the Cowboys' offensive line is, and Matt Ryan isn't, isn't as mobile as Dak Prescott is, so... Even though the Buccaneers will be without cornerbacks Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis, I think the offense will do just enough to will do enough to get by. And even though the Falcons might score some points with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts against a injured Buccaneers secondary, the Falcons defense won't be able to stop the Buccaneers if their life depends on it. So I think the Buccaneers win two in a row at home. Okay, let's go to Seattle where the Titans will roll in to take on the 1-0 Seahawks, and the Titans, of course, are 0-1 after getting shellacked by Arizona last week. Yeah, that was a really poor game by the Titans. I thought they would be able to at least keep it close. People thought it would be a shootout, but no, really bad on both sides of the ball. Only scoring 13 points with all of those playmakers, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and the newly acquired Julio Jones, while... People had concerns about the defense after it was really bad last year, and those concerns were um, right because they gave up 38 points and couldn't stop Kyler Murray at all. And this was 
at Tennessee, by the way. So now they're traveling on the road to take on the Seahawks, who will have fans in the stadium again, the, the 12th man or the 12s, as, as they're called. And uh, they're some of the loudest fans that the NFL has. And I know Russell Wilson is really similar in playing style to Kyler Murray. And the Seahawks have a lot of talented wide receivers, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, as well as second-round pick Dwayne Eskridge. And the defense was impressive against the Colts, but I think the they have a bigger challenge against this Titans offense. I don't think they'll be scoring 13 points again, the Titans. I think they'll be... I think they'll score a lot more, but the problem is that I think their defense will be just as bad as it was last week. The Titans might keep it close, but in the end, Russell Wilson will come pull through and come in clutch at home, and the Seahawks will win. Okay, let's stay on the West Coast. Uh, We'll take it down to L.A., where the Chargers at 1-0 will be hosting the 0-1 Cowboys. The Cowboys getting some very bad news this week. Yes, they will be without... Um, star defensive end Demarcus Lawrence for about six to eight weeks after he sadly suffered a broken foot in practice. Lawrence was easily their best defensive player on a defense that, despite a whole bunch of new additions, struggled against the Buccaneers. They gave up 31 points and about like 460 yards, and the the Cowboys' defense was bad that day, and it's going to be just as bad as it was last year for the in in the weeks to come. Uh, the Cowboys are also uh, not going to have some key players on the offensive side of the ball. Michael Gallup is going to be out a couple of weeks with an injury, and right tackle Lael Collins will be suspended for five games after violating the substances of abuse policy. So the Cowboys still have pl- plenty of talent at the wide receiver position, even though Michael Gallup isn't playing Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, as well as Cedric Wilson, who has has been impressive at times, but uh, I think this will be a shootout, and uh, I think it, I think it all comes down to which defense will make a key stop, and I think that will be the Chargers' defense, and Justin Herbert is going to light up this Cowboys' defense. It wouldn't surprise me if he threw for 400 yards or more, so I think I take the Chargers in a shootout here. All right, let's go to the Sunday night game uh, where we have the 1-0 Chiefs going into Baltimore to take on the 0-1-1 Ravens. You can never count the Chiefs out. They were, weren't were scoring a whole lot, and the defense was giving up lots of big plays against the Browns, but then uh, they came back like they almost always do, like those games against the, the Texans and the Titans and the 49ers in that Super Bowl run in 2019. Uh, The Chiefs looked uh, really impressive. Patrick Mahomes, I think he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer if he continues this pace. The offense was efficient as ever, and the new new look offensive line did their job. And the defense, uh, it wasn't all that great, but as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't have to be, although it will remain a bit of a concern going forward. Meanwhile, the Ravens have had some of the worst injury luck in the league, losing a whole bunch of running backs, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards, as well as losing cornerback Marcus Peters, who was, who was, a, who was a really good cornerback for them. Uh, Lamar Jackson's 0-3 versus the Chiefs in his career, and even though this game will be played at Baltimore with fans in attendance, I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs here because Lamar Jackson has, has proven he's, he's not been able to do it so far, and I think this, uh, I don't think it's going to be any better this, this week. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Let's go to Monday night, 
where uh, the 0-1 Lions will be in Green Bay to take on the 0-1 Packers. Do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers comes out with a fire under his butt after that stinker he threw up last week? I think so. This whole team has to be motivated to to, to get a win this week. Uh, the Lions gave up 31 points in the first half to the 49ers, so that defense is really bad, and they lost their top cornerback, Jeffrey Okuda, to an Achilles injury, so he's out for the rest of the season. And the offense did mostly okay against the 49ers, but that was after they let their foot off the gas and was pretty much... Uh, admitted that they, the Lions wouldn't be able to catch them, so they took out all their defensive starters and rested them pretty much. And they lost 41-33, to but it was a lot worse than the score would indicate. Um, the Packers will be without Zadarius Smith for at least three weeks after he was placed on IR, on IR with a back injury, but I don't think that will make a difference in this game a whole lot. Um, maybe it's high scoring, but it's hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers at home, because especially because the Packers have only lost three games at home in the Matt LaFleur era. So I think the Packers will get a win, and that should please the fans at Lambeau Field, who will be back for in, at full capacity for the first time in a long time. There you have it, folks. That's week two in the books, as broken down by Brennan. We thank you, as always, for listening. We remind you to follow Brennan on Twitter, at PhD in NFL. And we invite you to go over to QBList.com, where Brennan contributes to uh, an article called Beat the Spread. And they have a lot of great content over there. Don't forget, you can also... Go on to anchor.fm, where our podcast is hosted, and you can send us a voice message. And if you do so, we will feature you in next week's episode. Have a great week, everybody. Take care.